I'm very proud uh, to talk about the Norwegian experience when it comes to promoting electric vehicles. Uh, I think we have been uh, very much in the avant-garde when it comes to the transition to zero emission electric cars. And thus, I'm very excited that you have asked me to come to your launch today in order to share some of that experience with you. Uh, I'll go straight into the sort of hard facts, the numbers. Uh, the fleet of plug-in electrical vehicles in Norway, which includes also then hybrid vehicles, is the largest per capita in the world, with Oslo recognized as the electric vehicles capital of the world. My city, and also proud of that, obviously. In 2013, approximately 20,000 electric vehicles were registered in Norway. That was a lot in 2013, compared to the rest of the world and based on a population of 5 million people. By the end of 2016, that number is expected to have increased to over 100,000 electric vehicles. So a doubling in those three years. In September 2016, 28% of the new car sales in Norway were electric cars, and this does not include hybrids. And electric vehicles now have an overall 90% market share. Both figures far exceed those of any other country. And the figure is double that of the runner-up in Europe, which is the Netherlands, and is growing faster than anywhere else in the world. Moreover, Norway's fleet of electric cars is one of the cleanest in the world, because 98 or 100% of the Norwegian electricity uh, grid uh, is hydropower. According to surveys done annually by Electric Vehicles Association in Norway, EVs replaces 82% of the use of petrol or diesel cars. These numbers show that Norway has become a global model of how to get the public to embrace electric vehicles, an experiment that is attracting researchers and policymakers from around the world, and probably the reason why you asked me to come here tonight. So, how did we get there? The development that I just described in Norway is first and foremost due to a substantial package of incentives developed to promote zero emission cars. The incentives began already back in the 1990s and since then the incentive program has been gradually introduced by broad coalition of different political parties and it's really just a bipartisan policy in Norway these days with nuances I should say. The zero emissions incentives include the following, and I'm just listing them up now. No purchase or import taxes on electric vehicles. This was introduced all the way back in 1990. Low annual road tax. This was introduced in 96. Free municipal parking, 99. 50% reduced company car tax. This was introduced in 2000. Exem exemption from our GST or VAT which is not 10% like here in, in Australia, but 25%, so it's quite substantial. This was done in 2001. Access to bus lanes, uh, because we have, uh, in, uh, in Norway, we have this system that we have public transport lanes, which sort of beats the traffic, and the electric vehicles could use these. Uh, and no charges on toll roads or ferries. This was introduced in 97 and 2009, respectively. Tax reduction for plug-in hybrids, this was introduced in 2013. An exemption also from uh, the 25% GST or VAT on leasing of electric vehicles. To give you a perspective of what this actually means, uh, vehicle taxes in Norway are among the highest in the world. Value-added taxes and purchase tax add 
on average, 50% to the cost of a vehicle. So as you can see, this is a major incentive. In addition, in Norway, all new roads are partly or wholly financed by road tolls, and this can be quite expensive as well. Especially commuters who drive to and from cities every day can save a lot of money this way. This road toll exception has also made Norway's third largest county, which is called Hordaland, and which is on the west coast of Norway, uh, into what is called now the electric car county. This county's infrastructure uh, is then very much characterized by this being a coastal uh, county uh, where there's lots of fjords where you need to use ferries and has the highest amount of electric vehicles with 32.7% in Oslo, it's about 29%. The Norwegian government has also launched a program to finance the establishment of at least two multi-standard fast charging stations every 50 kilometers on all major Norwegian roads by 2017. So why are we doing this? Uh, it was a lot of incentives that I was just going through. The head of the Norwegian Electrical Vehicle Association once said that people aren't so green that they want to pay a lot extra in order to pay for an electric car. And this is the point of departure for our system. People generally make choices based on economy when they buy their car and not on the environment. Thus, the objective is to make the purchase price of electric cars competitive to conventional cars. Norway has invested heavily in the phasing in of EVs in the vehicle fleet as a measure to reduce the CO2 emissions from transport. The transport sector accounts for about a third of the onshore pollution in Norway and reducing emission from this sector is vital to achieving the Norwegian emission cuts committed to as part of the Paris Agreement last year. The system is based on the polluter pay principle and is constructed to make the least polluting cars the most attractive. Average emissions from new passenger cars shall not exceed an average of 85 gram uh, CO2 per kilometers by 2020. This is also EU regulation. The original plan introduced in 2013 uh, for the electric vehicles was for the incentives to extend only to the first 50,000 cars purchased in Norway. However, the EV sales are continuing at such a high rate that total number has now exceeded 100,000 new vehicles. And the incentives have just been extended to 2020. So what does the future hold? The success of the EV in Norway comes uh, at some cost for the government, obviously, or for the taxpayer, if you want to say, uh, because uh, this is, uh, we haven't left it up to the market. It has been a political decision uh, to really incentivize this, uh, incentivize this development that I've just uh, described. But there is also in the Norwegian society some controversies around this and also this very active use of incentives. And some of these complaints have included high public subsidies compared to the actual value of the reduced carbon footprint of electric vehicles. The possibility of traffic congestions in some of Oslo's bus lanes, and that is actually the success of this uh, incentive system has been very, very visible because it has then actually turned into a traffic problem in these tra public transportation lines. But I don't think it's a, is of such a magnitude that it's not sort of uh, it's not outweighing the, the benefits, obviously. Uh, and the loss of revenues for some of the ferry operators uh, due to the large number of electric cars uh, that are exempted from payment. But I should say that, that it's only the car which is exempted from payment, not the persons inside of the car. They still have to pay their ferry tickets. Um, 
sorry. The Parliament recently agreed to reduce and phase out some of the incentives beginning in January 2018. But a national rule has been adopted that zero emission cars should never pay more than maximum half the price of ferries, tolls and parking. In addition to that, local authorities have been delegated the authority to decide whether the electric cars park, for instance, can park for free and use public transport lanes. Uh, and in February 2016, the, the government opened for public discussion on its proposed national transport plan. And the plan will be presented to the parliament in 2017. Among others, this plan proposed the goal that all new cars, buses and light commercial vehicles in 2025 should be zero emission vehicles. That is also a quite bold uh, ambition. What is clear is that tax incentives will stay in place until 2020. After that, they will be revised and adjusted in parallel with the market development. The overall signal from the majority of political parties is that it should always be economically beneficial to choose zero and low emission cars over high emission cars. To conclude, Norway's example shows that generous, uh, generous incentives work and might be necessary to facilitate the transition to an electric car fleet. The electric vehicle market has been through an amazing development during the last 10 to five years, and the increased competition between the producers reduces the prices. This will hopefully make it easier and cheaper for other countries to introduce economic incentives, and for Australia, with the possibilities related to wind and solar energy, this would be a clean vehicle fleet as well.